Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. Thompson to Clark back on a Tuesday rather than Monday because of the holiday. Brad Evans, before we even get to the Giants stuff, Rammy's lost a little bit of a heartbreaker. Yeah, that was a rough one, man. <clears throat> just one of those games where it's like you left, they just left so much on the table in terms of points. Just three trips to the red zone, three field goals in a playoff game. That ain't going to do it unless you got the, what, 2000 Baltimore defense, right? 2001, <laughs> somewhere in there. You're fine kicking like three field goals. You got Trent Dilfer as your quarterback. Who cares? But, you know, when yeah. when, when you really rely on scoring points because your defense is so young uh, and the Detroit offense is so good that, you know, it was going to be one of those games. I mean, there were so many times we were down by 11. I thought, God, this is going to get out of hand. But, uh, you know, they kept fighting back. Very proud of that team. Ahead of schedule on the rebuild. Um, five wins last year, 10 wins this year, and then what, for like $58 million in cap space next year. And for the first time since 2016, a first-round pick. Wow. So, yeah. That's 2016. You remember that? It feels like decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, McVeigh, all of the last few years of whether McVeigh needs some time away or whatever, he's got to feel pretty invigorated after this season to to get ready for next season. Yeah, his post game, uh, you know, comments afterwards were like, "Man, this team, this team has taught me. You know, they they've given me the the the." Uh, the fervor again, they've given me back my, uh, my passion for the game. And, uh, you know, cause I guess like a month ago, somebody asked him, are you going to take time off to see He goes, Oh no, I'm back next year. So <laughs> he's all right. I mean, that's already, that's already put to put to rest. So he, he's back next year. And, uh, Aaron Donald has already said he's coming back. And so it's going to be, cause Aaron Donald's the one we're just waiting for that shoe to drop. Cause yeah. he has said multiple times, I plan to play like seven years and then I'm out, but it's been, I mean, he's going on almost 10 years now, so it could happen at any moment that he's going to walk away, but you know, happy to have him back. Cause he had such a great season. So we, uh, we should talk about some giant stuff. Cause there's actually some giants news that yeah, we uh, got a happened. lot of news this week, man. I guess we should start with Jordan Hicks because there's, the signing of Jordan Hicks kind of is related possibly to other things that are going on. Uh, I think there were fans who were interested in uh, Shota and then the fallout from not getting Shota, Shota going to the Cubs was sort of like, eh, does his stuff really translate to the big leagues anyways, because a lot of times Japanese pitchers will lose a, a couple of miles an hour off of their fastball. And then if they don't have that sixth, uh, those six starters, sometimes it can be a little bit of an adjustment. And so the thought coming out of that, and I don't know if this was just haterade or if this was just the, you know, just kind of like, okay, you know, maybe not getting him w was okay because, the thought was maybe he's he's going to be throwing low nineties, uh, and more so than anything else for his uh, for his career. So they, it sounded like that Shota was, and we're talking about Shota Umaga. Is that I Imanaga? Imanaga. Um, Umaga was a professional wrestler. <laughs> uh, um, I thought that sounded familiar. <laughs> uh, Imanaga. Um. So so he goes to the Cubs and the Giants are all of a sudden like, Oh, Mr. Blake Snell. How you doing? Do you remember us? Uh, Jordan Montgomery, long time. No chat. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I literally don't know like where those guys sat on, uh, on the, you know, on the free agent board or whatever, but instead the Giants signed somebody who was not really on any of the lists that we were talking about. 
Right-hander Jordan Hicks, who's a fireballer, that that 105 is going to follow him until he retires. Oh, yeah, man. Hitting 105 on the gun. Uh, But he has mostly been a reliever who has wanted to start. And when he has started in the small sample sizes, it hasn't been great. And it sounds like the Giants are going to give him an opportunity to start. Now, does that mean you cement him behind Logan Webb and he's throwing, you know, expected to throw six innings? I I highly doubt that, especially right now. But the way that they use their starting pitching and that they have used their starting pitching over the last couple of years, you know, maybe they only want him going four and then they turn it over to the bullpen. That's not necessarily how we want to see baseball played for the Giants. Yeah. But because they have the ability to do that, especially if they continue to add to their bullpen as well. I think it's kind of interesting. I sort of like the idea that he is the setup right-hander though, better than him starting and possibly, you know, going uh, into the, into third or fourth or fifth inning or whatever, because it seems like the more he pitches, the less, uh, his the less accurate he can be, especially the high walk rate and such. So what, what are your thoughts on Jordan Hicks? I so at first I was like super into the move, uh, but then the more and more I research and read and look into it, I'm nervous as hell. Now, the four years, 44 million, that's not that big of a deal. No, not at all. You can eat that, you know, because, again, if you end up with a closer down the line, say three years down the line, you end up with a closer who at that time, maybe he's throwing 98. uh, But but he's got so, you know, so much moving on his two seam fastball and he's got that nasty sinker. That that's fine. Ninety eight. I mean, God, you could throw ninety five, ninety six at that and still be really, really effective. Um, but it's just the injuries, the injury history. He's had Tommy John. Um, he had shoulder fatigue at the end of last season. Uh, so those types of things you're paying for a guy, um, you know, to be there. And and especially so. So if you look at it and, and all the talk right now is 100 innings, maybe around 100 inning max. And I think he had, uh, let me see, 77 and two thirds innings pitched in 2018, his rookie season. That was as high in the majors mm-hmm. is 77 and two thirds. So a hundred would be a high um, last, last year at 65. If you combine yeah, last year with uh, Toronto and St. Louis. And I think the year before around 66. So uh, he's not, he's not a, a touching hundred innings guy, but let's say you can get him to go five innings, 10 times at the beginning of the season till Cobb comes back. Now you're looking at 50 innings eaten right there, 50 innings the rest of the season, which is doable, but you really got to stretch them out. Um, so it's going to be interesting during spring training to kind of see how this develops. Um, I still like the move. I mean, it's, I, I think it's a super high, you know, everybody has said this too. It's a very super high ceiling move. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, he could get injured. It could just not pan out as a starter. Um, but if he's healthy and doesn't pan out as a starter, then you've got an eighth inning guy. And then you've got a guy for Duvall when he's just not on and needs a break. Um, I think that's going to be one of our questions for the season. Who gets more saves, Brandon Hicks or Camilo Duvall? Uh, we'll mix that in there. But yeah, I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm you know, cautiously optimistic, but I, but I like the move and they needed to do something. They needed to get more, um, more pitching. The giants are are great with starting pitching the last couple of seasons. And, and speaking of Imanaga, another left-hander giants have, you know, a bevy of left-handers at the moment. Um, So you don't want to pay all that money and then have a guy throwing 92, 93 when you've got Keaton Wynn and, and you've got guys like that that you could just pop in there um, and see what they can do. Giants already kind of have that. So, I, again, I'd still – I mean, I'd love to see Snell, but I'd love to see – I honestly think I'd like to see Jordan Montgomery more than I'd like to see Blake Snell at this point. Okay, so what if the Giants don't add – a big name starter is is this move less sexy to you and more risky like what what does that say if they don't grab a guy, another guy i you know i i think it's about the same 
for me personally, I think it's about the same because I mean, I kind of had the feeling Jordan Montgomery by half season, no matter who else they sign by July, August, he's going to be back in the bullpen. Uh, and then probably next year, same thing, going to be back in the bullpen. Um, cause at that point, if Robbie Ray doesn't opt out, um, you know, you're going to have him next season as a mm-hmm. starter. You're going to have Logan Webb. You're going to have Kyle Harrison, maybe Keaton Wynn. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I don't know if it would sway me one way or the other. I think it would baffle me if the Giants sign Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell and Jordan Hicks. Because Jordan Hicks has said he wants to try his hand at being a starter, and the Giants are giving him that shot. But if you sign both of those guys, you're really almost not even giving him a chance other than, you know, first three or four months of the season. Well, not even that, like two or three months of the season. Um, so I think I wouldn't be shocked if they sign one other guy. Um, and and still, I don't think it would diminish this move or, or make this move any greater at that point for me personally. One thing that it's I, I was looking up because the way that people explain who Jordan Hicks is, and I've had I had a Blue Jays fan explain it to me as, you know, get ready for this lively arm and inconsistent <laughs> strike zone and, yeah, and all yeah. this. <clears throat> uh, so a couple of things that stand out if you go to his baseball reference page, his K's per nine, not as Nutty as you would think. He he's only been averaging about a strikeout an inning until last year. Last year for St. Louis, he averaged 12.7 per nine. And then when he went to Toronto and he threw 24 innings, uh 8.3 per nine. So for the liveliness, supposedly, of his fastball, of of his sinker. Uh, his strikeouts outside of 40 games and uh, 41 innings with St. Louis last year. About a strikeout an inning is what he's been. So that surprised me because I just assumed, you know, we're talking, you know, double digit strikeout per nine and really only uh, only for those, uh, you know, those 40 innings last year has that been the case. The second thing is he's he's 27. You've talked about the injuries, uh, the shoulder as well. He opted out in 2020 of playing completely. Now, I don't know if that was injury-related or if that was just pandemic-related. So that is also probably something of interest in that, you know, like you said, he's 21 years old in, in, in 2018, and he throws 77 innings, which is his high for his career so far. And then in 19, he throws 28 innings. 20, he throws zero. And 21, he throws 10. So over a span of three years, he threw less than 40 innings. And then in 2022 and 2023, 61, 65. So not a ton of wear and tear. On that shoulder, which kind of makes you wonder about the shoulder stuff, the, the tiredness, the fatigue, because he has not thrown that many major league innings. Now we are in this new age of, you know, hey, if you can throw a hundred, just throw a hundred for as many innings as you can. And when you get tired, we'll just bring in another guy who throws a hundred. And then when that guy gets tired, we're just going to, you know, uh, so five pitchers, they all throw a hundred, but Hicks, I don't know that that was kind of interesting when I did dig in that he didn't really pitch all that much for three years. And yet last year, shoulders still got tired. Yeah. And you think of a guy like Hunter green, kind of compare him to him. Hunter green throws, He's a starter who throws over 100 miles an hour for the Cincinnati Reds. Last year, he had 22 starts, so didn't even get the full complement of 30 starts. 22 starts, 112 innings pitch, so around that 100 mark. Uh, Ks per nine were 12.2. Um, and if you look at, let's see, the last five games of the season, he's he was shut down October. Let's see. Actually, he wasn't shut down, but he did throw – uh, last five starts, six innings, five and two thirds, seven, three, 
and then five. But another guy throws hard, but also gets touched up, mm-hmm. had an ERA of 4.82. So I don't know if there's some sort of correlation with guys who throw super hard and then having a, a hard time, um, you know, keeping the ball in the ballpark or, or walking people. But, but again, Jordan Hicks keeps the ball in the ballpark. So that's the difference there. He does not give up home runs, uh, but he does walk people. So you're going to see some base runners. Um, is there any way, I mean, you know, would it be a philosophy of theirs to, to sign him and say, look, we're going to dial you back a little bit. We can't have you throwing 103, 104 as long as you can. And then, uh, you know, and then five and dive or four and dive. Do, do they have him dial it back a little bit and take a little bit off? But, you know, that that's hard to do with the guy who throws hard because that's his MO and that's who he is. And that's why you're signing him too. You, so you know what it sounds a little bit like is the uh, corporate version of the wild thing in uh, major yeah. league two. That's what it yeah. sounds like. You gotta, you gotta make him corporate, man. You gotta put on the suit and, <laughs> you know, take the, take the, the weird pattern out of the back of the hair. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's worried about his breaking pitches. Doesn't want to reach back. Yeah. Well, a little, you know, worried about saving the arm a little bit. Well, the giants, Obviously, they see the promise. They see even what he's been able to do. What he was able to do in St. Louis last year was really, really good stuff. But I don't know. I'm trying to think of you don't often hear of, you know, relievers who throw really, really hard. And then all of a sudden they become starters. It's usually kind of the other way around. So. Well, I think they have their work cut out for him, but also they do have that fallback of what exactly what you said. Come, you know, can't it, it come all star break? Are they like, okay, Jordan, little inconsistent. So, do you want to be a middle grade starter or do you want to be a lights out reliever? And then that's kind of how you'd figure that out. And at the contract, he's probably a little stiff for a reliever unless he does become the closer, yeah. but. You know, they paid Taylor Rogers a good amount of money, but the reason why they can pay these the the bullpen good money is because you have Tyler Rogers making three million. And I can't imagine Doval makes much money at all as well. And those are two of your best relievers. So you can you can make up a little bit for because of that. So right. Yeah. I still want to see them sign one of the lefties. I just think the stability of that rotation, like you said, is going to be even more important this year because of the fact that the, you know, they just can't get anybody to hit the baseball and and to, and and to come and uh, take their money. And they're relying on, you know, I think what's going to be interesting, and this will be a nice little storyline as we head into spring training, a lot of pressure on this Korean rookie here, Jung-Hoo Lee to kind of kickstart this offense without a ton of firepower behind him. So I will, you know, they also need another bat. Like they're the whole Matt Chapman thing. We hear about it so much and yet nothing is happening. I don't hear him. You know, I don't, I don't hear like, it's not like you go to MLB network and it's like the Matt Chapman watch. It's not like he's one of those (laughs) guys, right? He's definitely not. So, you know, why does it take so long for him to sign? And, you know, I I would like, I'm sure the giants would like to figure this out as well, as far as like, let's wrap this stuff up and let's get ready for spring training, which is, you know, in in a month or so. Well, I I did read an article today. I I like Jim Bowden. He writes in The Athletic, but I used to listen to his show. He had a show called Home Plate or something like that back on Sirius XM. Uh, Before it was MLB Network Radio. It was just like MLB Radio. Um, It was Jim Bowden and Dan Duquette. They had a show together. It was really, really fun. It was a good morning show. Um, But he used to be, what was he, the GM of the Reds back in the day and and also the Indians at the time and and some other teams. But um, he had an article today and he did mention, and I had completely forgotten about this and I didn't realize it was making such an impact on the signings at this time, but there's a bankruptcy hearing this coming Friday for Diamond Sports Group mm-hmm. um, that uh, that holds Bally RSNs um, and 11 teams uh, rights to television uh, 
broadcasting. So, so when that comes down to it, I think once that hearing is over and that, that, uh, you know, the decision is made of how much is owed and all of that other stuff and how much the teams get back, I, he, he is predicting at that point over those next two weeks, it's going to be like a fury of signings. Um, the Giants aren't in on that. They're not part of the Bally Sports Network, uh, regional sports network. They're NBC, so they're kind of you know just waiting to see. But also that affects the other uh, uh, free agents out there. He did a prediction on some t- on ten free agents. He he did predict that Snell would go to us uh, at around seven years, one hundred and seventy million. That's Woo! what. Yeah, I know that's what Nola got. <laughs> so that's what you know, kind of he's looking for. That's a, that's a lot of jack, man. I don't know <laughs> if I want to spend that, but ain't my money. But, yeah, you know, exactly. Could, could tie us up for the coming years. Hey, Montgomery, man, look, look. Yeah, the, yeah. the bottom line: the more that the Giants spend, maybe the less amount of money. Greg uh, Charles Johnson can give to the Donald Trump campaign, right? I'm okay with that, man. Exactly. Eat up that money and uh, give it to Snell <laughs> and his sleepy eyes, man. Um, he, he also did say Jordan Montgomery to the Rangers, Bellinger to the back to the Cubs, Chapman to the Blue Jays. Uh, but that one was loose because he pretty much said it depends on where Bellinger goes. If Bellinger goes to the Giants, Chapman probably goes to the Cubs, but – you know, Chapman, Chapman and Bellinger, he's saying, are the two t- hot, like, bats trying to figure out where they're going to go. And then all kind of domino effects from there. Hater to the Yankees. Um, but but when he predicted that salary for Hater, it was like $20 million, $21 million. That's double what Jordan Hicks would get. So if you think, you know, if you don't think we got Jordan Hicks at like a, a bargain, I mean, it, you know, if, if you look at it and you say, well... You know, you could be signing uh, Josh Hader for friggin' twenty-one or twenty-two million dollars a year to close games for you as the Yankees. Then you know you can have that because I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> um, JD Martinez to the D-backs, where he played years ago, I think. Uh, now Reese Hoskins, this was an interesting one. He said pretty much if Bellinger and Chapman don't fall to the Giants, then the Giants would be turning their their. Uh, sights towards Reese Hoskins coming off of ACL surgery. He didn't play last year, uh, but he's a 30 plus home run guy, b- um, below average defender, but he can play the outfield. He can play first base and he's a, a career 125 year OPS plus. Uh, so, you know, he's thinking the giants would probably turn their attention because we need a bat. Like you said, we need a bat. So Bellinger Chapman, Hoskins, I mean, Hoskins, uh, Hoskins also known as, uh, a younger Mitch Hanniger, by the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, with a lot more power than we got to see out of Hanniger. We know Hanniger's got the power. Yeah, we didn't get to see it, unfortunately. Uh, and then the last three: Jorge Soler to the Mets, Justin Turner to the Guardians, and then Clevenger to the to the Red Sox. You and I a, it, talked about Soler trying to yeah turn the corner on Soler, and and you know I, the only thing is is. That. So these guys like Solaire, like Hoskins, we saw it with Hanniger, we've seen it with Jock. Like they have gaudier numbers in places that it's a little bit easier to hit a home run than Pac Bell or Pac Bell, geez, than Oracle. Pac Bell, AT&T, <laughs> SBC, Global, Park. <laughs> what? All of what, those. That, that's what's hard to tell, right? Is what do those power numbers turn into? At Oracle, it's the same thing's going to be Matt Chapman because people are like, oh, yeah, man, well, he'll he's a 25 home run guy. Well, it's like maybe 17 in Oracle versus 25. I think that's kind of the calculus that you have to do with some yeah. of these, especially the right handed hitters, right? Because none of these yeah. guys are uh Andres Galarraga in his prime <laughs> when he's hitting the mitt out in left field in yeah, batting yeah. practice, right? No, he there's nobody like that from the right side who just is like, yeah, I don't give a crap if this park is a little spacious. I'll, I'm going to hit him over the fence anyways. So th- I think that's also part of it is like somebody like a Reese Hoskins, uh, his, I think he would play. He'd probably be more valuable in a in a better hitter's ballpark than in uh in our park. Well, and with Matt Chapman, he did hit. 39 doubles last year as a right-hander. How do you think that translates 39 doubles at Oracle? Do you think 
39 so you had 39 doubles and 17 home runs do you think that goes to like sticks around 17 home runs because it was kind of an off season maybe 20 home runs but he hits like 45 doubles or or, you- or it's 38 doubles and seven or eight triples just because of depending where he hits them too for sure yeah that's the thing and how, how are they going to play him i mean it, you know if he has a spray hitter and he's slapping doubles all over the place they're going to have to play that gap really tight um which opens up right field for him you know and, and i'm sure they'd rather defense would rather trade off a single you know for or or double for a single instead but yeah it, it'd be interesting i would love to see chapman i'd love to see jordan montgomery i still want jordan montgomery matt chapman and again i don't even mind at that point adding reese hoskins as well get get some more power um and matt chapman's on base percentage has slowly gone up what what like the last let me check the last four seasons yeah, the last four seasons, his on-base percentage has slowly gone up. And you know Farhan's he's on-base percentage going up. <laughs> Come to me. Come to me. What? Okay, let's let's reverse, or not reverse, but let's change course here, and let's talk about Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. Dusty Baker is back in the orange and black, though we won't see him necessarily wearing uh, his uniform and uh, wristbands or, or yeah, maybe maybe it's spring i would yeah I would yeah maybe would yeah that'd be that. fun yeah but uh, i'm reading the espn uh news services report oh is, is espn news services is now that their version of ai like we're not having a, a human write this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I what, what, whoever writes the news, whoever writes yeah. the little wire service. Okay. Dusty yeah. Baker is returning to the San Francisco Giants for a third stint with the team, this time as a special assistant in the front office, according to multiple reports. He will serve as a special assistant to president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi, and CEO Larry Bear. Dusty, you know, we always root for Dusty. We rooted for him to get that World Series, which was very cool. And then we had to root for him against uh, Bruce Bochy in in the ALCS this season. Who was it going to be? Who's going to come out of that side? Does Bochy get it? Does Baker get it? Like, it was like, uh, we would win any any way because we like both guys a lot. Yeah. But it is cool to see him come back. He's done managing He's in his gosh. He's in his near his mid seventies, so his he he's a baseball lifer, and he is somebody they can lean on. I don't know. I don't know exactly what his job title or what his job uh, responsibilities would be, but I love the way that the Giants do this. Matt Williams and Dusty Baker and Bob Melvin back in the orange and black, like. You know, now some may say, well, yeah, of course they have to do stuff like this because they can't sign any free agents. Like you get a <laughs> right, like that's some of that's some of it. It is part of yeah, the marketing. Yeah. It's part of the marketing when you can't get a Shohei. But still, it does make you feel really good that these guys are going to be back in the organization. And uh, you know, that those are some of the best times that we had as as younger baseball fans was were those teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. And just the fact that, well, see, Dusty Baker held this same position back in 2018, 19. Uh, he was a, a, uh, an advisor to Larry Bear. Um, and spoiler alert, we did not see him wear a uniform and the wristbands, no toothpick. No and those snap. are two, two terrible years, too, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no slamming the hand on top of the dugout railing. <laughs> that didn't happen. We didn't see that those two years. Yeah, those were bad years. Um, but but yeah, just the fact that he's back, I think, yeah, and you got to build from within, right? So, so Bob Melvin, Matt Williams, Dusty Baker – you got to build from within. You have to get the trust back of the baseball world. I'm not just talking about Giants fans. I'm talking about the baseball world. When you see as players and when you become a free agent and you start to see the Giants are starting to bring back the old guard. They're starting to bring back the guys who know that city. There's obviously a calculated thing happening here because – 
next season when free agency starts, they're going to have Dusty Baker. They're going to have Matt Williams. They're going to have Bob Melvin who can speak to, I, I know they had him this year, some of them this year, but you know, they're still getting settled and everything, but they, they can speak to the fact that this is the, the giants lore that this is, you know, the giants way of doing things. This is our city. We've been here for a year now. I'm talking about next year. We've been here for a year now. We're building something from the from the inside out, and it starts from management, and then it goes to the players from there. I mean, it is fantastic. I think it's great. We love Dusty. You know, it's all about Dustiny, and uh, so maybe this is a year of Dustiny, and we just yeah. don't know it yet. Now, one of the things about his career, I was looking at his baseball reference page. If you were just to guess, how many years do you think he played with the Atlanta Braves? Oh, I already looked this up, so I already know it. But okay. I had no idea it was that many. Right. I can tell you that. Like, I just assumed he played, like, a few years for the Braves and then, like, 14 years with the Dodgers or something. Right. But it was actually 8-8. Eight and eight. He had eight years with the Braves and eight years with the Dodgers. Now, free obviously, free agency and stuff was was way different back then. So, yeah. Uh, and then I looked at how many years did he coach or did he manage the Giants? And he managed the Giants for 10 years. And the reason why I looked that information up is because, as you as you know, we've we, we we've hit a little bit of a uh, of a nice a nice. Uh, I don't even know what you would call it, but we have Dodger fans paying attention to this show now because <laughs> we we kind of been calling out some of the stuff that's been going on. Yeah, and man. and we're not even saying that it's like a pox on the Dodgers. We're just saying that we're just bitter no. because it's not happening to us. Yeah, exactly. And and so every time that I think of a topic for this show, I go, Oh, we got to get a little bit of Dodgers in there because you know, now we have this, it's mostly a YouTube audience, by the way, it's not the podcast audience, but there's a little right. bit of a YouTube audience who's like checking our channel for any Dodger related content because they want to see us talk about the Dodgers. Then they want to try and dunk on us for whatever. And it is, it is kind of cool that Dusty, even though he played his big league career split between those two teams, that he is known for being a San Francisco giant through and through. And I don't know if I would have even realized that uh, even, I don't know, even a few years ago, how hit, that's how people remember him is they remember him as the manager of the San Francisco giants, even more than those really good Dodgers teams of the seventies that he was on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it, let's see 80, he was an MVP candidate, won a silver slugger in 81 all-star MVP candidate, gold glove, silver slugger award. Uh, and then an all-star in 82, 81 was when the Dodgers won their other Mickey Mouse champion. Yeah, the other strike short season yeah, championship. hundred and something. See, they're good for winning <laughs> championships when, when well, you're that, talking about you don't have that, to play a whole season, and they're like, oh, well, we could Yeah, that. that's how you would figure it out. You're like, okay, are we having a real season? Dodgers are not winning the World no, Series. No, no. Are we so, having so half of the season? If it's possible to have half of a season, they are just put all your money on them. Yeah, so in 1994, everybody was probably thinking, well, the Tribe, you know, they were on fire in 1994 before the strike. And remember the Expos, they were on fire. Now we know if they would have just stopped and said we're going to have a World Series, they would have just put the Dodgers in the World Series <laughs> yeah, because exactly. they're like, well, this, this is a team of destiny to win <laughs> shortened championships. So. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you when it comes down to it, Dusty is, he's not a Brave. He's not a Dodger. Dusty Baker, and he's not even an Astro. Dusty Baker is a giant. And yeah. obviously, as you see that, as he comes back home, um, once he retires from managing, he comes back home to 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 be with the giants. I mean, that it's just kind of, it, it's the way it has to be. It's cliche, man, but it's destiny. What, what happened with Matt Williams? Did he, did Dusty replace him in 
Washington? You know, I got to look that one up because I was just remembering today that he actually managed in Washington. Did they go to the playoffs too? Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have the nationals numbers. So 20, uh, 2012, they finished in the finishing first in the NL East in 2012. Uh, their manager was Davey Johnson and they won 98 games. The next year, he they finished in second. And then in 2014 was Matt Williams' first year as the manager, and they finished in first again. And that's when we beat them in the playoffs. And they won 96 games. So oh. favored, you know, favored to do very well. And then in uh, 2015, Matt Williams finished in second, uh, 83 and 79. And then he was done. It was like, see, see you later, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And Dusty came in. They finished first in 2016, but they lost in the divisional series to the Dodgers. 2017, they finished first again, lost in the divisional series to the Cubs. So Dusty, so it's like Matt, in, in, you know, the season Matt gets there, he wins 96, then he wins 83, then Dusty wins 95, then Dusty wins 97. That's four years of like really good nationals baseball then dave martinez uh becomes the manager um and uh, and then dave dave martinez is is the manager in uh, 2019 when they win the world series over dusty i think yeah i think it was yeah over du- no aj hinch yeah. is the manager that year oh that's right sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. so Here's- yeah so so that's kind of interesting is you know matt he has a really, really good two-year stint as manager with the Nationals, and he's—I don't think he's managed again as as the lead guy, right? No, I don't think so. No, he has not. Um, he's just kind of been around with Bob Melvin for a few years. Um, was he ever with? See, now things are getting kind of muddled because back in Arizona, was he ever with Bob Brenly? Uh, yeah, or good question. They, I think I he would have still been were... playing by then. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he played for Brenly in Arizona. That's a possibility. Looking at Dusty Baker's numbers, too, you know how fiery he was as a manager. Can you guess the the most amount of times in one season he was ejected? <laughs> as a manager or player? As a manager. As a manager. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't remember him getting ejected all that much. Okay. It would. It was usually, it, it, if I remember, because he's a little bit old school, it had to do with guys being hit or thrown at where he would kind of get Probably. upset. Probably. Yeah, he would get fired up. It's not uh, a high number. It's not a high number, which shocked me because I always thought, well, maybe like, you know, somewhere around seven or eight. But uh, Yeah, I would say probably like three or four maybe. Yeah, three, 2004 with the Chicago Cubs. And they even finished above 500, and he got tossed three times. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite, like, the, Dusty is like the, because he's so old school. He's like the king of, like, the, he's a, he's a, he's a little bit of a, not, I wouldn't call him a bully, but he just sits on a little bit of a pedestal oh, because yeah. he was a good player as well. And so I think I mentioned this on this podcast a couple times. So Tim Hudson is Giants Bay Bridge series. Tim Hudson, I guess he hit Barry. And Dusty's right. comment in the press was that Tim Hudson's a little too light in the ass to mess with Barry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the jock kind of stuff that you would get from. Oh Dusty, yeah. Right. He's an old school guy, man. You yeah. don't mess around with the old school guys. Yeah. yeah. So I always, I always, for whatever reason, I remember that comment. I, this is, that was hilarious yeah. as well. Cause you, and then, you and then Huddy it, comes over and pitches for us for a couple of years. Yeah. You think about it too. It, 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 he basically played in the era of like Willie Mays and, and Hank Aaron and those guys, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron, they were pretty, they were, they were fiery dudes, but they kind of kept it to themselves when they got fired up. Dusty's yeah. kind of the opposite. He played hard. It was a great player, and he let you know about it, man. 
he, he lets you know about his thoughts and, and feelings on things. And that's what we love about Dusty. So, uh, so welcome back, Dusty, man. That, that is cool. Gather all the old guys. Yeah. For the, yeah. It's put together. Well, I think this year they are celebrating the 2014 World Series team. But you could do some stuff with the 90s because you can mm-hmm. do some stuff with the 80s because got Melvin, you got Baker, because remember Baker started as a hitting coach. And he yep. even, I think, did he did he play one season for the Giants? He did. He played one season, 100 games, 1984. Yeah, so um, Dusty's an 80s yeah. guy. Melvin uh, is, an, is a mid-80s to, to late eighties guy with the giants. You, uh, the, the story of Matt Williams is in the on deck circle hitting behind Melvin and the 88 yeah. tops baseball card. <laughs> I'm sure I have that somewhere. I'm going to have to bust that out. Yeah. And they figured out, <laughs> they figured out that, uh, they figured out the exact game that that happened. And Matt Williams was very low in the order. Cause he, he, I mean, the people forget Matt Williams, like first couple years, the giants, he was, hitting like in the low 200s or the high 100s and just striking out like every oh, other yeah. plate. Appearance. I'll never forget the year he hit what 188. And we wanted, you know, as kids too, we were like, Oh, Matt Williams, this guy's the next big thing. But, you know, Will Clark came up, Robbie Thompson came up, Jose Rebase here. And then Matt Williams came up. We thought, Oh, we're going to gel. Things are going to happen. Trade for Kevin Mitchell and just, could not get going for a couple of years. And we're like, man, what are we going to do with this guy? And then all of a sudden he became Matt Williams. Yeah. In 89, he starts playing well and he helps them get to the world series. All right. Before we go to the last couple of very, very short segments. So I want to get to what we are drinking. Uh, I saw you had a, had a bourbon glass. there. Yeah. I killed another bottle. I told you I'm cleaning. <laughs> I'm cleaning the the cabinets here. I got an Evan Williams, the the standard Evan Williams. I think they are sponsors of Major League. Yeah, Baseball. there you go. But but either way, I love their stuff. I'm I'm a fan of Evan Williams. It's kind of my go to. As I always have, like when it comes to beer, I always have Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in the fridge, and I always have Evan Williams Bourbon in the cabinet so i've been working on that but yeah Maybe i had put a little put a little s at the end of evan i evans, evans williams, williams i like that man yeah. i put a little scribble a little brad on top of that and there you go. go but yeah so i i like i told my wife i said i'm gonna work on it this year i'm killing bottles so i can clean out and make some room up there but she doesn't know so i can buy more <laughs> exactly but either way <laughs> i'm working on it <laughs> as i mentioned uh, uh, 2024 is going to be the year of the, of the Manhattan. The problem with the year of the Manhattan is it's a little too fancy for some places because yeah. of the glass that it comes in and such. So now, you know, I was Crystal and I went to lunch in uh, Mountain View, downtown Mountain View, mm-hmm. just on a lark. Yes. We just went down there. We didn't even know where we wanted to go. And so we go to this place called Eureka. There's a Eureka in Cupertino on Main Street as well, which is really cool place. And we're like, oh, there's a Eureka in Mountain View. Let's go to Eureka. So I look at the menu, no Manhattan. Oh, no. It's like, all right, you know, go back to the old fashioned. You know, I was digging the old fashions. They had, I I can't remember exactly the name of it, but it had to do with Whistle Pig, that that whiskey, Whistle Pig. I like so that. the idea was it was like a maple old fashioned. It was whistle pig. There was a piece of bacon in there and there was some Ooh. maple syrup in this drink. So I'm sure it was a complete carb bomb, but I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, Saturday, you know, yeah. we're just hanging out. Let, don't take your, don't take your blood sugar after that. one. Yeah. You know, it was early. I was like, I'm going to go work out for 60 minutes after I'll be fine. And it was so delicious just amazing what they can do with some of this stuff to where i was just like gosh you know that this is why you know if you if if someone was like oh this is my favorite drink and you had it like often it would just it's so many calories but for the once in a great while i when will i ever have that drink again probably never uh i was like ah that that was fantastic i'm not drinking the whistle oh also the way you poured the drink is they had a little pig that they put 
the the bourbon and and the mixture in and you poured it over your ice and your uh and your bacon so out of the that's kind of cool out of little pig snout so uh i have today sort of like you i've been looking to empty out some stuff but um last week i was saying how i had that old-fashioned mix i still have that but i have you know we we have some bottles of, of stuff and then i was like yeah, I'm trying to empty it out, but then why did I buy that Jack Daniels uh, <laughs> right. bonded one just <laughs> this weekend? So anyway, I'm trying to get through some of the old stuff that I had from last year. And so uh, the IPA uh, Jameson cask, uh, what do they call it? Cascades or whatever they called it, uh, where they have uh, they have it in the beer barrels, uh, the bourbon in the beer ba- barrel. So I mix that oh, yeah, yeah. with some uh, with some sparkling water to make a little bit of a highball here. So, nice. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I always forget that I have that because, like I've told you many times, I like the beer taste. I don't like the beer right. bloat. Yeah, yeah, and this gives me close to the beer taste, so it's all good. Well, Sierra Nevada's got that new. They they finally put out non-alcoholic, which is great. Um, they didn't have the IPA uh, at Sprouts the other day when we went there, but they had the Golden Ale. So I picked that up, and I had one of those during the first quarter of the Rams game, and I was like. I can't, I got to switch to alcohol. Man. <laughs> I can't, this ain't gonna, cause I, at first I was like, well, I'll have a couple of those and I'll have a Guinness. And then that way I end up having like total of maybe 250, 275 calories, three beers, and only one of them, I get the 4% alcohol. So no big yeah. deal. Yeah. I had that first one and I go, man, I'm getting the bourbon and I'm tossing it in the <laughs> ginger ale and here we go. And, uh, but it was good. It was tasty because non-alcoholic beers, they lack something. They lack a little bit of body and depth. Um, but, but the Sierra Nevada one is really good. I got to try that IPA, but I highly recommend if you like non-alcoholic, everybody goes, well, you might as well just drink decaf coffee. But if you like the taste of alcohol and you want to sleep well, it's... it's yeah, good. you know, the other thing is, and I think a little bit underrated for why non-alcoholic beer exists, is sometimes it's you're not drinking it because you have stopped drinking alcohol because maybe it's a little bit of addicting or whatever. But so, for instance, Crystal, she has completely stopped drinking alcohol because she gets headaches oh, yeah, and and sure. she's just like i'm tired of getting headaches and so she's gotten a lot of those um we we have the sprouts over here down the street mm-hmm. and so they have like these little mocktails and stuff where you know you get a little bit of the the fun without the buzz and without the alcohol and there's lots of different stuff that they're putting in these things now to you know there's the hops water and there's oh yeah you know all these little things that that are kind of fun to to put in these drinks to to make so it's like you don't have the alcohol but it's still kind of cool so that like that's a big that seems like it's a growing market right now so i'm, I'm oh, for sure a lot of people are just like hey the alcohol uh doesn't make me feel well and yeah get, you know i get that i i've you know i've never been somebody who now my kids will say well of course you don't get hangovers because you don't over drink the yes that is that is definitely part of of the deal but even reason. you know i I, th- I think i can count on one hand how many hangovers i've had in my entire life so i for whatever reason i i just not somebody who is like you know one drink in and like just three sheets to the wind or anything I have right. a pretty I have pretty high tolerance. That's probably somewhat of a bad thing as well. So I have to be careful. But um that is you know, that that that's a thing as you get older and and like if you look at like these little help articles, like you you search I I was searching Google for something and uh some there there was like this series of articles like when you turn 50, here are the things that like help you have a better life. 
Every single one of them said, stop drinking alcohol. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I always thought as I get older, I could have more. Yeah. Right? You're That's like, oh, whiskey thought, and know? a cigar. And well, you like, see all these old people pipe. cracking open a <laughs> bottle of wine for dinner and they each have a, you know, they split a bottle of wine. At least, you know, we've had neighbors and people like that that do that. And we're like, oh, when you get older, you can drink exactly. more. Apparently, No, everything no. I've ever read, the same thing is like, you know. Uh, if you if you have to choose, don't drink. If you, if you have a choice, just don't drink. There's nothing about it that's good for you. But most of the stuff I read, if you're going to, you know, as a male, you stick to under 14 units a week. Yeah, and uh, and try I've, to mix. I've, I've in. used your your little calculation. For- yeah. As well, that's a too. cool thing, and I I just I just try to give myself like three days a week where I have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I, I sleep better. And yeah. and that's the main thing. As I get older, I've noticed I sleep better when I don't have anything to drink. And my new addiction is popcorn. But, hey, that's fine <laughs> because that's actually not bad for you. We, we bought a little uh, from Amazon, just a little like silicone collapsible bowl that you put some kernels in and it's got a little lid and you pop it in the microwave, pops up the popcorn. And then I bought some sriracha like mm-hmm. powder that goes over it and mix in a little olive oil. Ooh, man, that's some good stuff. Lots of fiber in that too, which is good. So smash cut to the Michael Jackson gift from thriller of him <laughs> yeah, eating exactly. popcorn. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so Davis, who is, you know, Dave, Dave's a little bit of a, a young buck, he says he only drinks on certain occasions, so this part of the show is always interesting. Davis, in about 20 years, yeah, come back to this specific show because you're going to be like, you know what? You guys were right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, or either that or he's going to say like uh, – like uh, a baby face. He only drinks on two occasions. It's day, day and, and it's night. night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, Davis has no idea who sings No that. idea. Oh, baby anyway. face, right? Yeah. yeah. The what deal. was the group? What was the, the deal? deal? That's the deal. Right. I, I have that tape somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last two bits. Last two pieces of information. The, these just came out today. Giants acquired infielder, outfielder Cooper Hummel from the Mets in exchange for cash considerations. Uh, you, I think you said that he is also a catcher. So, yeah, uh, he can play He's- multiple positions. But he can't really hit, so I'm no. not sure what's going on. That's here. what we do. Back into the 40, man. Can't really complain. You know, you got to have that catcher depth because, honestly, there's not a lot of catcher depth in our organization at the moment. Um, so that's fine. 40-man pickup. And, and again, uh, Farhan move. Mets were passing him through waivers. He just traded for him for cash considerations. There's a good chance in the next 48 hours he's not even a giant. So, you know. How yeah, goes. that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, is, yeah. What's the over-under on length? <laughs> On this 40 man, man, there's probably like a 20% chance he's in spring training. I'll tell you that much. Most likely 20% chance. Other than that, I think, yeah, probably 80% chance he's somewhere else in in less than a month. Hey, Giants, we we report in 29 days, man, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Wow. And the first spring training game is in 37 days on February 22nd. The, uh, Dirty Dodgers and the and the poor Padres uh, battle Jeez. it out. That's the only game that day. So yeah, I have a friend. His name is John Muse. He, I, I don't exactly. I, this is and he's involved with his kids' baseball, but I think he's also involved in. Uh, I, I want to say it's maybe it's a travel ball league or something because he said he told me. That one of his kids, and that, and he didn't mean his biological kids. I think he meant somebody that he's possibly coached. Is was invited to the Padres spring training this year. Oh wow! So that was that was really well, that's cool. cool. So I'll, I'll figure out who, I'll figure out the name, and maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll watch that that player to see how he does because I, that you know that's cool when somebody you know has a, has a kid playing, and you know oh, we yeah. you know I've talked about. Andrew Cachel, somebody who played against my youngest son in Little League, like he's, Jeez. you know, he, I think he's going to be in Richmond this year. So for the uh, the Giants, so it's just crazy, 
Just yeah, also means pretty- that. Also means we're just old. Well, yeah. I mean, that's again. <laughs> All right. We're, uh, hey, we're still waking up. Yes. We're still doing this show. Hey, look at that. Hey, there you go. Those and we're up. still doing this show. And uh, and we're still loving our giants. So, yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's all that matters. I could be 75 and I'm still going to do all that stuff, hopefully. Are we still going to be doing this podcast when you're 75, though? That's only 25 years from now, man. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Now, is it going to be us? <laughs> it's going to be or, kids. <laughs> or is it going to be uh, like holograms of us? Doing yeah, holograms of us or Davis can take over at that point. I don't know. Yeah, da- yeah Davis. Need, yeah. We're going to need talk. to get some young bucks in here because we're going to, I don't know, we're going to have a lot of pills to take at, at, in 25 years. So we're going to have to like may, mainly just keeping track of which pills we have to take at what time of the day <laughs> next 25 yes. years. All right. Last thing from Alex Pavlovich. The Giants are, uh, I mentioned the 2014 reunion. So that is August the 10th. That's going to be a lot of fun. That was the only time. Well, no, I take that back. I've been to two World Series games. One of them was uh, the opening game against the Tigers in 2012, where Pablo hit three jacks. Very memorable game. Oh, yeah. And the second game was the only game the Giants lost at home in the 2014 World Series against the Royals. Uh, that's a very memorable season, though, because I don't, you know, you look back on that team, and you're like, how did we win a World Series again? It was yeah, on yeah. the shoulders of one mad, uh, mad bum, Madison Bumgarner. So August 10th, they're going to celebrate that team at uh, Oracle. There's going to be a Jung Hoo Lee bobblehead day on July nice. 28th. What is the day that we're going to the Giants game? Well, actually, we we are kicking around the idea, and I think we're leaning towards it. We're going to do two games. We're oh, wow. Do, yeah, so we're going to do July 10th, uh, which is a night game against the Blue Jays, and July 11th, which is a day game against the Blue Jays, getaway day. So, because I wanted to, the kids, both the, both the girls are like, can we do two games? We're like, yeah, we can awesome. do two games. And then we have a, we have Tate McRae concert on July 9th. So that's uh, the pop star, Tate McRae. I'm trying to get well versed on her music. She's, <laughs> she's, she's good, but I'm, I'm trying to get more into so it. Pop star, uh, not country star? No, no, pop star Tate McRae. Interesting. Yeah, yeah she's from Canada. Uh, she has some. She has some hits you'd probably know if you if you listen to her like the, her top songs on Apple Music. I'm sure you'd probably recognize one or two. Well, maybe not. I don't know. As we get closer to July, I, I'll hone up on Tate. McRae. Yeah, yeah. And then so yeah, so that night game against the Blue Jays and day game against the Blue Jays. So we were going to see if you guys wanted to go to both one game, whatever. Yeah, you do. well, I mean, I'll oh, yeah. I definitely want to go to both. Cool. I think I can get Crystal out to at least one. Awesome. I'll get That'd the boys awesome. out to at least one as well. Cool. But if you're going, I'm going, man. Yeah, awesome. We'll be there. All right. Also, the core four AFELT. Casilla, Lopez, and Romo will go on the Wall of Fame on July 13th. So right right after we we go to those games. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, Celebrating we can, some, some relievers there. Can we get, in the next couple of seasons, can we get the core five to close out some ball games for us and get us to a world championship? We go Doval, Hicks, uh, Rogers, Rogers. Walker, right? I mean, that's five dudes that can that can end ball games for you. That so, you're going Boutros, Boutros on me, Boutros, Boutros, Rogers, Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think we could do that next. Yeah. We can get the core five. That'd be here. nice. That'd be nice yeah. if the Giants could lock down five spots in the bullpen with consistency. Yeah, I mean, you need five nowadays. You need five or six that you can lock down. There's no more core four anymore. Even even the Rangers who won the World Series, they didn't have four guys who were just consistently in there shutting things down. So yeah, yeah. All right, so that is it for here. Uh, next week, I believe we'll be back on Monday. I, I may, I'm we may be back. I'm hoping that I'm going to be excited because that will mean the 49ers beat the Packers, which oh, right. you guys I sort of feel, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to be 
too worried about this game, but at the same time, I'm sure the Dallas Cowboys thought the same thing. Yeah. And the Packers came in and just killed them. <laughs> but um, so what we're going to do this week, so Brian and I will be back. I believe we're going to be back Thursday, and the Warriors are a mess, so I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. And then on Friday night, Rod and I are going to do a preview of the 49ers-Packers game. And then we're going to come back on Sunday, actually, instead of Saturday night, because Niners and Packers play Saturday night. But I actually have to cover the UFC show for a different podcast on a different website. So I'm going to watch the Niners. Then I'm going to go across the street because I work out at the UFC gym. And they're showing the UFC pay-per-view. Oh, cool. So then I'm going to go to the gym, watch the last couple fights, and then do the podcast. And so we'll be back Sunday night. So Friday night, Sunday night for We Want Winners with Rod Adams and myself and Brian and I on Thursday. And then Brad and I back on Monday, hopefully, with some good news about possibly who the Giants have signed. And uh, I'm I'm hoping for an arm and a bat. I, I'm you know I don't want to yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt here and just go you know I'll be happy if they get one of the no, no we no, need no, no. both. No, you gotta you gotta get both. You got the money. You gotta get both at this point. And and I think a lot of it hinges, like Bowden said, a lot of it hidden hinges on this this Friday's uh, ruling, and then things maybe start happening. So it may not it may not be right away this weekend that it happens. But I mean, God, lock up Chapman or. Lock up Montgomery at this point. Let's get going, man. We are four weeks away from spring training. Yes, agreed. All right. We'll see you next Monday. For Brad, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.